0: Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And, uh, well, high school football, week one, in the books. In the books. Some surprises, too, and,
1: and some good games, too, down the line. Yeah, so. I
0: mean, uh, I guess if you look at surprises
1: from week one, uh, <laughs> one that really glares out is uh, Prescott shutting out Eau Claire Regis. That was Eau Claire Regis's first loss in the regular first regular season loss since 2017, Larry. Really? And I wonder the last time when they got shut out in the regular season, yeah. you know, too. So but. And you know, I look. You know, Prescott is a part of the middle border, but they're in middle of the pack, lower end of it. You know, um, you got uh, St. Croix uh, Falls uh, Central, excuse me, and Baldwin, who are both highly ranked in the mm-hmm. state, and and with uh, St. Croix Central score over uh, Spencer Columbus, I guess they I, they pack a little power too. I, I guess, guess. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that that was the big surprise, and then. Um, not that you know it's this area but Prairie to Sheen knocking off Aquinas too to start mm-hmm. you know okay, I did so, not see that one so a couple of you know uh, regular season champs getting knocked off right away but you know it's you know you can that first week uh, predictions is pretty much on the past season laurel right, and right. uh, you know um, Aquinas lost their great starting quarterback Flatmeyer and it's not easy to replace. So. It's a lot of offense. You bet. And then uh, Edgar also got beat. Yeah, the uh, first. But game. I, there again, I think that's a very good Ellsworth team. But Ellsworth to go on the road and win that game, eight to six. So, but Ellsworth, they're in the and again they're in the top three or four in that middle border, which is looking to be a very tough conference. It sounds like <laughs> it. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Nielsville Granton uh, got their season
0: underway against Colby. Played them yeah. really well for two and a half quarters. Excellent
1: first half. You know, uh, second half too. You know. I was very impressed with their uh, defense. You know, especially they did a really nice job of stacking up Hamer for the most part and Voss. Um, Kobe did do, do some yardage on uh, some screen passes and stuff. But uh, yeah, I thought the Warrior defense, and particularly I thought, I thought Gunnar Barth and Reese McDonald played very well, along, yeah. along mm-hmm. with uh, Austin Gross and Jace Pecko at the linebackers. So,
0: yeah, then. Uh... Well, midway through the third and then in the fourth, yeah. it seems like uh, the big kinda, offense or the, the big backs warmed yeah, down a little bit.
1: Kind of warmed down a little yeah. bit. You know, I said you could, that Hamer doesn't look big, but he, uh, you know, he's 5'11 about uh, 190. And then Voss comes along, he's about 6'1 205, and 205. And it just it, it gets harder and harder to tackle these guys. And it showed those last few drives. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Hamer, I really, I think, Larry, I've seen spurts of why like Coach Hagen is really high on him. I didn't realize he had that kind of speed when he got to the outside. All right. You know. Yeah, so. and that thirty-nine-yard touchdown run. He kind yep. of outran everybody. Down you bet. The line. Yeah. You bet. So,
2: so,
0: so the uh, Warriors now uh, take on Loyal. Mm-hmm. That game uh, again going to be at Greenwood yep. as uh, Loyal's field not ready to go mm-hmm. yet. But uh, Loyal uh, they got beat by. Let's see who was it. Abbotsford. Yes, yep. thirty-six to sixteen 18. last week. So, yep. uh, matchup for Nielsville, granted, and Loyal. Uh, both teams. Trying to figure things out, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, you know,
1: and we talked about last week how Nilsville struggled with the run game. Well, Mm -hmm. Loyal gave up 379 yards Mm. against, so, you know, it might be a, a, a way for the Warriors to work on their running game. Because if they're going to be successful in the, in the Chloride Bell Conference, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. Yeah, you you can't know, just so. throw it. Because yeah. when they did, uh, when Colby knew they were going to throw yeah, it, it was hard. Re- they really pinned their ears back, and and, and Bryce did not. Bryce took not they took a beating or whatever, but he did not have a lot of time, and, and there really wasn't a lot of room to scramble either. Right, so, so, right. So.
0: All right. So Nielsville, Granton, and Loyal uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. pregame going at six thirty-five from Greenwood High School tomorrow night. On uh, 92.7 WPKG. Marshfield uh, takes another short trip this <laughs> <It's> time <laughs> to New Richmond. New Richmond.
1: Yeah, you, you'd think they'd get one of those teams to come um, <laughs> <laughs> the Big Rivers. But anyway, yeah, they're going to New Richmond. I guess they could have just took a hotel room from last week up at Hudson. But uh, yeah, so, but uh, they took a tough loss up at Hudson last week, too. Yeah, 31 yeah. to nothing. Yeah, so who knows? So, But, but uh, you know, some other good ones. Um, Fall Creek, uh, you know. I thought they might be down a little bit. They defeated uh, Arcadia 25-8, to 8, Larry. And uh, 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 one big thing that came out of the game, I saw Bo Bovarth was injured in that yeah, game. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. You know, so we'll see. It didn't look real good from the way uh, Coach Mickelson's interview was going, but we'll see mm. down the line. So that wasn't Arcadia either. That was Altoona. Altoona, Excuse, yeah. excuse me. Arcadia played Osseo Fairchild. <laughs> <laughs> But and uh, took it to Osseo Fairchild. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> so.
0: But uh, so Neil, so Marshfield, New Richmond—that game, by the way, on WOSQ uh, ooh, ooh. tomorrow night, pregame yeah. there, starting at six forty-five for ooh. that one. So, all right, so plenty of high school football yeah. action uh, coming up here in week two. Edgar Stratford,
1: the biggie. Yeah, you know that's of course a non-conference, non-conference game now. Game, but I'm glad they play it every year. You know, and and they don't see each other in in the playoffs either because Edgar's pretty much been playing and in D7 and Stratford has kind of bounced between D5 and D6 this year and I think they're in D6 again this year so but uh, uh one one that the other one that caught my eye was Bigfoot coming up to Auburndale. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a travel. <laughs> yeah, Auburndale's uh, a few of the games that they've yeah, had scheduled. really had trouble getting games so yeah. far,
0: so but And Canada uh, at Pittsville. There's yeah, another interesting that's matchup. That's a nice
1: matchup there and then Abbotsford going down to Melrose Bendoral too will be a good game. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it. uh and Mondovi going up to Osceola. I think that'll be another good game, too. So another, uh, you know, Cloverbelt middle border kind of thing there. So Yeah, team's uh,
0: getting ready for uh, conference season. Yeah. Of course, uh, for the clover belt, it'll be next week. Yep. And uh, eight man, they get their uh, season started this week. Uh, Greenwood will be at Chippewa Falls, McDonald. New Auburn at Owen Withy. Prairie Farm is at Thorpe. Bruce is at Alma Center Lincoln, and you look at the uh, wisports.net coaches poll. I guess they're, they're, really high, they're really highly of the teams <laughs> in this area,
1: aren't they? <laughs> Did you see the top four? Yeah. Newman number one, Thorpe two, Gilman three. Owen Withy, four, Athens, seventh, and McDonald, tenth. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so you've got uh, six, six teams <laughs> in the
1: top ten from this area, but, uh, and eight men. I, I, it's hard to argue them with the success yeah. of those teams. And, and you look at some of these coaches, Rosemeyer and Gilman, Lobby at Owen Withy, you know, and, you know, down the line. And of course, Newman is just, Newman's been the bell ringer for eight man football for a long time now. Yes, so, they have.
0: So but. Yeah, you talk about uh, going by last year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, records and stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much what the uh, week one poll looks like. You yep. have Kimberly number one in Division yeah. 1, yep. Kettle Moraine number one in Division 2, Notre Dame Ooh. in Division 3, Ooh. Catholic Memorial Division 4, Columbus Division 5, Stratford Division 6, and mm. Cashton yep. uh, in Division 7, and most of those teams were champions, champions last year. last year, or
1: close to close it. Close to it. You know, yeah. level 4 or better, but yep. anyway. Yeah, some local stuff, though. Amherst number 5 and Colby number 8 and D5. Stratford, as we said, number one in D six. Mondovi, number eight. Auburndale, number nine. And then in D seven, that's right, Chuck. You know, both Regis and Edgar lost last week, but they sit at three and four. <laughs> Assumption <laughs> but, at number ten. Yeah, but they, you know, Regis and Edgar did play up, you know, a couple divisions. So I will give them that. You know, they probably played four or five teams. So, right. But, right. Uh, you know, I think they'll both be good ball clubs down the line. So
0: yes, but, indeed. Yeah. Well, we mentioned. Uh, Nielsville Granton and Loyal coming up tomorrow night and uh, Chris Lindner was a part of the uh, coaches show which was last Monday night on 92.3 FM WOSQ and uh, he talked with uh, Gene DeLissio, myself and Jason Zaleski and uh, he starts off by sharing his thoughts on this season.
3: If our kids can stay focused and, and continue working uh, I, I really like to see what the potential what, where we can go and um, we, we had a rough year last year, and the year before was, was not exactly where we wanted. Um, but we are working, and we, had, we, had, we were extremely young the last two years, and I can see uh, some of those youngsters now growing up and, and, and actually doing some really good things for us. So um, I'm an adage of, uh, you know, every day we can get a little bit better, and that's our goal. Uh, I, I like where we're going right now um, and as long as we stay focused and continue to work hard I like where we could go um, and, and again we have a I thought we had an v- extremely tough conf- or a tough schedule last year and, and this year is is the same schedule so um, we'll take it one day at a time and one game at a time and and see what we can do uh, but we really stress on the focus uh, the hard work and what we've really talked about is leadership and and the culture we we have at our school uh, in our football program um I, i think it's uh it's time to bring that winning culture back and that that togetherness and i say winning and i don't mean it by winning that way i mean just being together and fighting for one another uh and and not being a selfish culture so um I think that's something that we've strived for and really worked at here in the last handful of months.
4: How about some key men back on your ball club this year?
3: Uh, so Louis Nikolai, uh, he was a uh, running back and a safety for us last year. He's a senior. Uh, we kind of flow as Louis flows. Um, he's kind of our energy, and uh, he. I thought he had a, a pretty darn good season last year on a on a not really. Too good of a team, um, but I, I like his energy and I, his leadership is something that we are working with with him, and, and that's growing. Um, other players, uh, Dane Lutzerhan and Hudson Hansen, um, play guards and and middle linebacker and a D tackle. Um, we're, we are needing big things out of them as seniors, and. Those are our main seniors. We have Peyton Farmer as a senior that um, has been dinged up, but we are looking, hopefully he can get healthy and and get back with us where he is contributing. Uh, Junior-wise, Trin Shale. Uh, Trin had a a nice scrimmage. Um, Seems like he's worked hard and has raised the bar of his play. So we are expecting uh, good things out of him. He's a a running back and an inside linebacker also um rogan Ashbeck has has done a nice job and, and has has built his standard up higher and we didn't know exactly where he would be this coming into the year um but he had a nice scrimmage and and is working at at good things there so um parker smith is is limited right now uh he had a, a good year last year also so He's one that we are counting on, but we' are, this will be a process with him getting him back into the into the lineup and we had some young kids uh, as freshmen playing like Kane Tofar played end both ways um, expecting you know as a sophomore expecting a lot out of him. Reed Stiglitz uh, will be stepping up at quarterback and um, in a rotation in the secondary. Um, expecting a lot from him uh, expectations are high uh, Eli Zettler was our quarterback last year um, moved him to a a wing position running back position and a secondary so he's he's done well this in the off season, and uh, we're looking looking for some good things out of him
4: coach you're not a, a coach who throws the ball around the lot 60 times a night so I want to Did add. you say six? Six, <laughs> even six. Well, six is some nice. Is like, nice. but the quarterback, man, the quarterback is still a key role, key position for your team. The way he runs the offense. What do you, in an offense where you don't throw the ball a whole lot, what do you look for in a good quarterback in, in, your, in your ball club? Uh,
3: leadership, athletic, uh, hard worker, and smart. Uh, so that is something that we are working on because of Reed's. Um, athletic ability, uh, trying to open it up a little bit more and, and pass the ball a little bit more, um, more than six times a game, all right? So maybe 10, 12, something like that, 15. Not, not the word of situation that you have to, but that that is our, in our scheme. That is what we want to do. Um, and he, I think he can serve that purpose. Uh, he is a very smart, athletic young man. Um, Young as a sophomore, but we're working on his leadership also um, but like I said, I, I think he has the capability of of doing well at quarterback position.
0: How important is that sorry go ahead, Jason. Larry. Go, please go ahead <laughs> How important is that sophomore class to loyal? I know my son's a sophomore at Nielsville, and he's been around these guys for several years now, and I know that Loyal's got a pretty big sophomore class and an athletic class. How important is that class now coming up to this football program?
3: Um, I think it's, it's, I wouldn't say they're the end all, but I think they, yeah. they have a big contribution in getting our program back to where it was. Um, I, I said we have re- really three seniors right now, um, and then a lot of underclassmen, so uh, between our sophomores and our freshmen, that those are our big numbers for for football, uh, and that's what we're kind of counting on to kind of reestablish some things. And we're not waiting for next year; we're we're trying to get those established this year, um, and, and do some things with them okay. this season. Um, but the they definitely add depth if they're not on the field, but the majority of them are on the field, so. Um, to mix them with our juniors is a, is a good thing. Um, I, I just wish we had more seniors. Yeah. I know you talked to I heard you talk to Jay about um, are there kids walking the halls that should be playing football? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But like I tell our guys, um, you're the ones that have committed. You're the one. You're the special people that come out and and are out for this unbelievable sport. Right. Um. So. If we can't get them, then we're not going to lose sleep over them. We'll just move forward. So, how do you see that uh, CWC small shaping up this year? Well, when we finally get to the conference <laughs> g- games, <laughs> um, it, I think it's it's a good conference, and um, you know, I think you need to be ready to play. I think there was a couple uh, games last year that um, I think we played with teams. Uh, I would say like, o- Iola and Pacelli, Uh and I just we did not play our, our best, and you need to be ready and you need to play every, every game, every down, um, all out. And uh, I think staying healthy with a lot of teams is going to be mm-hmm. um, an issue. Uh, it could be, you know, it, it takes some of these teams, which we were for the last couple of years, 22, 23, 24 kids, you lose one, two kids that are decent kids, then that puts okay. a hole in it. Now you're, now you're back to your freshman playing and, and it, it doesn't always work real well. So um, we just prepare one week at a time and, and, and know that. I, I think our, our non-conference schedule is, is kind of prepped us for a tough league. So um, not that we had a lot of choice in all those games, <laughs> but it is what it is and um, like I said, it'll prep us good for our conference foes.
0: So that's Coach Chris Lindner of uh, the Loyal football team, and uh, he's got—he doesn't have a lot of seniors. No. he's got a lot of underclassmen, especially that big sophomore, sophomore class.
1: class. and, and uh, you know that's kind of going to be the, the building blocks of the co-op next year. But uh, he does have some nice seniors, though. You know, you look at Louis Nikolai. Yeah, Louis Nikolai is a defensive back. Is on the Jim Leonard watch list. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Dane Luchterhan and the Line, and you know, a couple other. They got some really nice players, but uh, you know, it, it's you know, there's not a lot of them out there, and they're kind of like Niels is. Uh, you know, they're an injury away from a real bad. And, That's one of the things he mentioned. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. one injury,
0: you know, yeah. one, two, three injuries of your, especially
1: your key players. And, and they are playing a tough schedule too. You know, yeah. they, they, um, they, they, uh, the small Central Wisconsin crosses over with the Marwood for two games. And their two games from the Merwood are Kobe and Auburndale. Mm. So, and then um, uh, I believe it was Wild Rose that went to 8-man. Mm-hmm. So they scheduled a non-conference game with Coleman. Oh, wow. You okay. know, and, and I'm not sure if it's in Loyola or at Coleman. It's it's good traveling either, either way. way right? yeah. But, but <laughs> Coleman has been a really strong D, yes, D6, D7 program for a long, long time.
0: So. Alright,
1: uh, moving on to
0: uh, girls volleyball. Uh, the Nielsville girls yeah. volleyball team got their season underway yeah. on Tuesday night. They traveled to Cadot and uh, split the two games they played in that quadrangular. Yeah,
1: I got a chance on, on the Cadot School Channel to catch a little bit of their Abbotsford match. And, okay. uh, their second and third games, uh, Nielsville won the second game, but very back and forth and same with the third game. I think I think the final was like 16 or 17 to 15 or 14, okay. it was a very good game. I didn't take time to watch the Augusta match, but I guess they won that. But uh, Yeah, they lost to Abbotsford
0: two sets to one uh, and yeah. beat Augusta
1: two sets to none. Yep, so a you know, good start. And then this weekend, for Saturday, they are hosting an invitational at the Fieldhouse, and they have Greenwood. Gilmanton, Pittsville, Mondovi, Colfax, and Independence coming into the field house. So a lot of volleyball Saturday to be played.
0: And all under uh, first year head coach Chelsea Opel yep.
1: takes over yep.
0: uh for the girls' volleyball yep. team. Yeah, and she's be interesting. So yeah, we'll try and get her on uh, yeah. as a guest. If yeah, not I, if not in live, I'll yeah. try and talk to yeah, her yeah. Uh, yeah. during a practice yeah, and get I her. I know comments. I know,
1: you know, she's got some good seniors and she's got some good youth too. So you know, it'll be interesting. It's gonna be the Chlorbell Conference, you know, in the East, anyway, Columbus has been kind of the, the stalwart, you know. But, yep. uh, you know, has done well, and, and hopefully they can keep it up again this year. Hey, so. well,
0: talk about Columbus Catholic. They finished 3-0 and at Loyal. Yep. And Spencer finished 3-0 and at the Rhinelander Quad. Yeah, so, so another
1: another good volleyball program up at
0: Spencer. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. So uh, girls volleyball. Nielsville, by the way, is at Marathon uh, tonight, yep. I believe.
1: Okay, they have a uh, Tuesday, they have a quad at marathon. Maybe right? that's my Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm sorry, I get myself. Yeah, of they have myself. a quad at marathon Tuesday with yep. Ladysmith, Lakeland, and Marathon. So yeah. that'll be a good, interesting matchups there, too. So so staying busy, keeping
0: busy. And then we yeah. got uh, cross country, country, I believe, starts
1: next week. Yeah, Tuesday they got that big invitation. I believe it's 13 or 14 teams, pretty much the whole conference, oh, okay. east and west up at Loyal.
0: So, okay. So. And for their
1: sake, I hope it's not 98 degrees.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, they wouldn't have wanted what they had yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know it's really hot when the golf course doesn't have any golfers on a Wednesday. Wednesday. On a Wednesday. (laughs) On a Wednesday.
1: (laughs) You know it's hot. (laughs) All right, a
0: little different thing we're going to do here on uh, where are they now. Uh, Usually Dick has uh, some information on a uh, former athlete from this area. Mm. But uh, a little different Uh, this week, uh, Gene Delisio talks with Jason Knott. Now, Jason is a Pittsville High School alum who is now back in Pittsville uh, with the administration and also is going to be the new girls' basketball coach
4: mm-hmm. this season. Let's visit now with the new girls' basketball coach at Pittsville High School, Jason Nodd, who's back in Pittsville as the administrator and also coaching girls' basketball this year. First of all, Coach, congratulations on taking the job. Give us your thoughts about becoming the Panther girls' basketball coach for next season.
5: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Jane. Um, you know, the the initial thoughts would be uh, being back in my hometown, uh, didn't move back here anticipating being the girls basketball coach when we moved back a year ago, but certainly uh, athletics has been a huge part of my life, both as an athlete and a, a coach prior to going into administration. And um, I have three daughters in the program, in the youth program, um, have a great group of kids at the high school, uh, wonderful kids, and uh, I'm just excited to be back in the athletic realm here, as a coach, and, and to do it in Pittsville makes it even more special.
4: Can you talk about some reasons why you thought stepping into that role was appropriate for you at this time?
5: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I had when this originally appeared on my radar, and it's you know just a handful of months ago that this all kind of popped up. Um, I had conversations with the school board because obviously in my role as district administrator, that's a that's a large responsibility and my number one responsibility is obviously running the school district. Uh, I had conversations with my family, with my wife and, and my kids uh, about the time commitment because uh, certainly there's a time commitment involved with being a varsity coach um, and, and when I do something I, I'm all in on it and then with the school board about my responsibilities. Um, I'd actually called John over at Nielsville, who's in a similar role as a district administrator, and I, I picked his brain. Um, and as I talked to people, I uh, came to the realization that like, it certainly was doable. Um, and, uh, and then it kind of proceeded from there as far as mapping out what might this look like, school board meetings, you know, on game nights and stuff. Ultimately, the biggest lure for me uh, was the kids um, and getting back into that realm of, I feel like I still have something to offer you know, as a coach and a, and a mentor, and then um, I went to several of games last year, uh, and a lot of these kids are multi-sport athletes, so I watched them play volleyball, I watched them play basketball, I watched them in softball and track, and a uh, great group of kids, just, just generally good kids, uh, not only good athletes, and, and it was just one of those things that uh, it wasn't on my radar, but once it got on my radar, uh, it, it was too intriguing to pass up the opportunity to apply for the position, so.
4: Well, many fans remember you from those great Pittsville teams in the late 80s, early 90s. Can you talk about uh, what's transpired for you since then that brought you back into this position?
5: Sure. So um, I, I actually started my teaching and coaching career after I got out of college down in uh, Edgerton, down in southern Wisconsin in Rock County. And uh, I was actually a teacher there for 15 years, and I was a three-sport head coach um, for 12 of those 15 years. I was the varsity volleyball coach for um, 14 years. I was the uh, varsity girls assistant basketball coach and then the head boys basketball coach for all 15. I coached basketball all 15 years there. And then I was the head boys track coach for a decade down in Edgerton. So I I coached and taught there for 15 years. And then uh, 10 years ago, I took an administrative position in Evansville, which is about 10 miles away from Edgerton down there. Uh, And at that point, I hung my whistle up uh, other than coaching my daughter's youth teams. And then uh, a year ago, the Pittsville district administrator position popped open and, and someone had called down and told me about it. And uh, same, similar to the basketball situation, we had some family discussions um, and uh, ended up applying for the position and, and moved my family back up here just about uh, 14 months ago back up to Pittsville where full circle where it all started. And was fortunate enough moving back up right after I got back up here in the fall. Of course, my, my mom, who was a longtime coach and teacher in the Pittsville School District, was inducted into the first Pittsville Athletic Hall of Fame. So we got to experience that right after moving back up here. And, and she moved back up here as well uh, to be by the grandkids. So it, truly everything has come full circle to, to end up back here in Pittsville you know, 30-some years later. <laughs>
4: understand coach they've had a chance to see the ball players do some summer work with them tell us your impressions about the girls you have on this roster and this Pittsfield
5: program yeah that that was probably priority one we were a little bit behind the eight ball um you know being hired in the spring uh with the timing of it a lot of times the summer leagues are already set at that point in camps um so priority one was to try to um to get us into some some opportunities to compete this summer because I needed to uh, I wanted to see the kids Play basketball. I want I I watched them play last year, but I wanted to get them in a setting where they were, they were being pushed a little bit. We were very fortunate that we got into a UTC league um, up in Weston on Thursday nights, and then also in a team camp at U, UWSP U, using contact days that are allowed. I was able to get in with the kids and coach them in in some of these events, and then also uh, we had a couple of practices on some of those days. So, um, I, what I would tell you, very athletic. Uh, we're athletic. Uh, the kids are aggressive, um, very intelligent. Um, I would tell you that uh, I believe every one of the kids on the uh, on the team this summer was on high honors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a correlation between, you know, when you have kids that mm-hmm. that are um, good students, typically there's a correlation with that uh, athletic component where they they just understand the game. These kids have played a lot of basketball through the years. And it was very fortunate for me to be able to get into those leagues to be able to see the kids play and just um, to kind of feel out like well, what are their strengths because I know a lot of coaches have a system. You know, you talk about a system. Well, what I found through the years of coaching was, you know, I came in with a mindset of this is my system. But then what I came to realize is this – more or less what you need to see is what you have for athletes and what their skills are. And you need to, rather than trying to fit the kids into your system, sometimes you adjust your system to fit the skills of your kids. And those are things I learned. And so to get a feel for what are our strengths, you know, what, what are some areas that maybe don't fit within what I had done in the past coaching. And we were able to do that um, you know, through going to that team camp and stuff. So I think that really set us up well for when the season rolls around in November, we, we were able to feel a lot of those things out.
4: This program has had good success the last couple of years under Coach Shoup But there was a period, as you know, about 10 years before that Where it really struggled in girls basketball in Pittsville Now the program coming back up What are some things you'd like to do to maintain that growth in the Pittsville program?
5: Yeah, one, one of the things that uh, being a small rural school And this is not unusual for Pittsville Is obviously dealing with numbers uh, COVID did not help that a lot of uh, extracurricular um, participation went down during COVID and it may be starting to tick up a little bit. But, you know, when you're in a small school, uh, I referenced it earlier, you need to have kids that are three sport athletes. You got to have kids that you can't have kids sports specialized in a small school. It's just it doesn't work. And these kids don't do that. They're they're all multiple sport athletes. Well. We need to maintain those numbers and grow them a little bit. So one of the things we've talked about is I've I've spoken to uh, Nate Bowden, the uh, he's our youth coordinator, and uh, Mark Denniston, the boys' head coach, um, about you know what are some things we could do to maybe solidify those youth numbers, get get kids interested at the youth level, and get them back up, and then talking about how do we compete, you know how do we how do we go to the next level? Like you said, there's been some success um how do we build on that and, and a big one for me is always you you playing up you you play good competition if you want to get better you need to do that just to be able to see what it takes to compete at that level so to me they passed that test as we played stiff competition this summer and and they held up nicely is uh that that is a piece to try to take us to the next level is you know the programs you want to be assumption you know, that those are the programs you want to achieve, like Assumption, mm-hmm. Nielsville. Um, You know, Auburdale's got a very strong girls basketball program. Those are the programs that what we try to do is I want to play them. Let's see where we're at. Mm-hmm. And and then um, let the kids kind of see where they're at and what it takes. We went over uh, Monday, just this past Monday, we went to Nealsville. John invited us to come over. Mm-hmm. And we went and played four uh, scrimmage sessions against Nilesville. That's that. That's obviously one of those programs that's the uh, the exemplar that you wanna that you wanna hold yourself up to. So that that's probably for me. How do we take that next step? Um, is to kind of push. I, I look at one of the, one of our many roles as a coach is to get kids out of their comfort zone. It, is you you know you push the kids to get out of their comfort zone, and, and push them to the edge. Now, you don't want them over the edge. You pull them back by your belt if you're about to fall over the edge, but you push them to the edge. And by doing that, you need to get them out of their comfort zone playing against competition that may be just a notch up for right now. But um, I think they held up really well this summer to that competition, and I'm hoping that maybe helps prepare us for what's going to come during the season and take us to that next level.
4: Can you talk about some of those teammates you played with back in the late '80s, early '90s, and what they meant to you? What was it like to play with those guys?
5: Yeah, that I, to, to what I referenced earlier about growing up in a small town. Uh, you know, Randy Neve, Mark Denniston, Mark Sherwood, um, Canyon Schultz, Gar- Garth Foss, and Chadley. I still remember all of them, right? And uh, you know, we, we grew up playing together. And come, I remember coming to Saturday open gyms. Uh, Don Neve. Randy's dad would uh, I lived on the way in you know Randy lived way out of town and I lived halfway Mm -hmm. Uh, so Don and Randy would swing in and we'd have a car full of kids we'd come in on Saturday mornings and shoot baskets in the gym Donnie would open it up and um, having those memories and that made that trip to in 1990 stay even more special because of that you know growing up playing, playing ball with these, uh, with these guys. And, uh, I, I'd love to tell you that we connect on a yearly basis, but you know how life goes is we didn't, but you still always have that bond. Uh, mm-hmm. uh and, and, it was once again, multiple sports we played together. It wasn't just basketball. You know, we were all football players. We were, uh, we were either in track or baseball. Like it was kind of an expectation. You do those, you do those things. And, um, so I still have fond memories and I still, you know, still connect with many of those. And then the irony and, you know, here I am 30-some years later back here and Mark and I, who were both on that team, and now the boys and girls head coaches and, and working together. So, yeah, so I, I do think about that.
0: All right, that's that's Jason Knott. He's the new head girls basketball yeah. coach at Pittsville, and it's kind of neat when a, a graduate from Pittsville from back in the 90s Ooh, comes yeah. back.
1: And he was a 3 sports star. Yeah. I mean, he was football, basketball and I believe baseball too so he and uh, and just an excellent athlete all the way around yeah I know so, and one of
0: the things he mentioned there in that in that interview was you may see some of that stuff coming back from his old coaches <laughs> he might be uh, implementing a little yeah. bit of that into his program yeah, he
1: would I, I would imagine he went under Noel an Denniston yeah. uh, and uh, a few of those boys yeah so, but uh, you know, I think Noel Dennison's ways look pretty good. You look at his son, Dan, down at uh, <laughs> down at Marshall, I think they're doing pretty way, yeah. good yet. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think they still work. They yes, still they work,
0: do. those things. So where are they now? Uh, Jason Knott, yep. the new head girls basketball coach at Pittsville. All right, uh, well, the Brewers picked up a big series win again, this yeah. time over the Twins. You know,
1: they finished off that, you know, it turned out to be, other than those three games in L.A., a six and three road trip with a sweep in Chicago and then you know, and then LA and then a nice three game sweep down in Texas. That, yeah, that was that I, really surprised that was, me. It really did. But uh you know, you look at the starting pitching, um, both you know, Woodruff he hasn't but total Woodruff since he's been back, but he's been still good. And but I think he's made Peralta much better and I think Adrian Hauser is coming to his mm-hmm. own a little bit. Miley's been all right. Um Burns, he had to pitch he was Great out in LA last week, but he had he had to start in that heat yesterday, and I'm sure that affected him yesterday. Yeah, if
0: he could have got some of those runs that he got uh, yesterday <laughs> in, in LA, LA yeah, because he pitched yeah, really well, yeah. but didn't get any runs. Yeah, none,
1: none, yeah. absolutely none. So, but yeah, uh, you know, so a two game sweep with the Twins. Uh, right now, they're uh, three and a half games over the Cubs, and, and I believe four or four and a half over the Reds. So, um, big series this weekend with the Padres. Uh, Padres still. They're a ways back in the wild card, but they're not out of it yet, and yeah. there's a lot of talent there So, because you got those three games. And then um, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you go down to Chicago for a very big series with the Chicago Cubs. So, Yeah, so,
0: that could very well uh, decide the division right Decide there. the division or at least see who's going to yeah, pull yep, away. You bet. Yep. Uh, what was I going to say about the Brewers? Mm. Probably
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. What, what are we on? Um, their trade acquisitions seem to be doing okay for the most part. I think Santana has been a nice addition. Uh, Mark Canna has yeah. done really well in wherever they've asked him, DH or uh, in the outfield. Uh, he's played some first base. And Willie Adamas
0: is starting to swing, swing the bat again. Yep. Um,
1: and I think you know a real unsung hero to me, Larry, is Andrew Monastero. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a guy he wasn't even on the roster at the the major league roster at the beginning of the season. He has really filled a hole at third base. Urias went down. Um, Brian Anderson was down for some time. He has stepped up and he's holding on that job, at least sharing the job with Brian Anderson right now. Well, I
0: tell you, those rookies have really played well for the Brewers.
1: You know, for a long time there, they were platooning. Bryce Terang is playing every day now against lefty and right. And I think Sal Freelich is the real deal. I think Weimer – Probably needs a little more seasoning, but I think he's he has tremendous potential oh, yeah. also. So and Garrett you know. Mitchell is yeah. and they're talking on him the injured back, list, but maybe coming back. back. And uh, along with uh, Ashby too, the pitcher. So, yeah. So yeah, Garrett, you know, Garrett Mitchell is probably the best of the bunch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen much of him <laughs> you know, all year, but, but you know, someday I I think you really have to envision an outfield of Weimer, uh, Mitchell, and uh, Freelick. You know, and I have no qualms with that at no, all. <laughs> you know, except you know, and then and then you got a guy like Blake Perkins in reserve too. You know, he's yeah, not right. a bad ball yeah. player. So yeah, yeah. So they're you know they're really getting some nice position players, and then you know a couple of their top minor league players. Uh, I I can forget their names. One's a shortstop and the other's an outfielder. So so they've got some nice players yeah. coming up.
0: So yeah, so. yeah. There's a so. good future for uh, Brewers. Yeah. All right, uh, college football, believe it or not, it starts Saturday. Yes. There are some uh, teams that are in the top 25 that will mm-hmm. be playing. Notre Dame is going to host Navy. Okay. And uh, USC is
1: going to host San Jose State. Okay. Coming up Saturday night. USC-Navy always turns out to be a pretty good game. Cause That's Notre Dame-Navy. No, yeah, Notre Dame-Navy. Excuse yeah. me. That yeah. always turns out to be a pretty good game. Navy Navy is always very respectable. So Yeah, there yeah. are
0: some other games, but uh, not involving top 25 no. teams. And, of course, the Badgers... Getting yeah, um, week from Saturday, September second, they will host Buffalo, Buffalo,
1: and that is a two thirty game. Yep, on FS1. FS1, okay. Yep, that's where. So the Luke Fickle era begins. So we will see. Yeah, there's
0: some uh, high expectations uh, for Wisconsin. I know some of the even some of the national uh, shows, college football shows, are saying that maybe Wisconsin is ranked too low.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know, and I think you have to look at it this way, too, Larry. The Big Ten West is wide open. Yeah. I, yeah. It's always wide open. Yeah. You know, and last year, I, you know, I, who, uh, who ended up winning? It was uh, Iowa. I think it was Iowa. Like, Iowa or somebody. But, uh, you know, it just – they knock heads though. You know, Illinois is respectable now. Um, I don't know what's happening at Northwestern. I think they're going to be in for a tough season. But yeah. um, Purdue, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska – I mean, it's it, there's some real uh head knocking there, so and Nebraska is probably going to be interesting to watch with a new head coach there, too, because uh they brought in um oh, he was at uh yeah, he was just on ta- he Matt, was just on uh Matt uh, Colin Cowherd, uh, yeah, Matt. I can't think rule rule, 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 yeah, Matt rule here, rule, yeah, so it'll be interesting what he brings to the table. Yeah. He, he's a very like uh, fickle he's a very offensive minded coach okay. so you know, All right. so well, we were both wrong as far as Big Ten last year yeah in the
0: West it was Purdue
1: it was Purdue okay <laughs> and Purdue is going to be there too yeah except uh, you know Jeff Br- Brahm went to Louisville so the head coach so okay. you know so
0: and Illinois wasn't bad last year no
1: Bielema has got that you know Brett Bielma has got that program going in there right and they play old style football like you know Wisconsin did yeah. under Barry Alvarez and Bielema. You know, they run the ball hard and play a lot of defense. And he's doing a good job of recruiting down there oh, also. One of the things they say with Wisconsin, though, is they may not
0: have that bruising-style no, running game no. anymore with the new offensive not coordinator. Not with Phil Longo. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it'll be interesting I mean, with
1: Braylon Allen. But I think it's going to make Braylon Allen a lot better. Okay. Because I think they're going to spread the field. These teams aren't going to be able to pack seven, eight, nine guys in the box. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. And also I think Braylon Allen will be used as a receiver on the outside some too, you know. So I, I think it's going to be a good thing. for, And I think it's going to make Braylon Allen a, probably down the line a better pro player too. Okay, yeah, yeah. More a little more diverse. Yep, okay. a diverse. So, so. All right, so college football
0: uh, getting warmed up to get started. And, uh, of course, the NFL, the preseason uh, week three. Yep. This is the final week for the preseason. And yep. a couple of games on the schedule for tonight. Right. Pittsburgh is at Atlanta, and uh, Indianapolis is at Philadelphia today. Okay. And Indianapolis, they gave permission for uh, their running. Jonathan back.
1: Taylor is there, so you could trade. Yeah. It'll be nothing inter- yet. But. No. It, you know it'd be interesting. It's uh, you know it's. Oh yeah, I tell you, I don't uh, know yeah. how they
0: let these guys go, but yeah, whatever.
1: Well, you got a whole new system coming into uh, mm. Indianapolis, also. You know, so. Frank Reich is out, and, and, you know, it's a new coach. The guy came from Philadelphia, and I think he feels, you know, Philadelphia plugged in two or three backs. They can do the same thing yeah. in Indianapolis, so you don't need need the headliner. And quite frankly, Larry, you know, a star running backs are a dime a dozen with the way offense is played. Today. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 so. as long as you have a quarterback and you some know, receivers. I said, I said years ago when a guy like Delvin Cook was a free agent, He'd had tons and tons of offers. he would have done some kind of free agent tour. Right. He got a one years from the Jet One yeah. year from the Jets. So you know that tells you a lot right there. And, so and that was other than than Miami. I think yeah. they were the only two that were really after him. Right. You know, and I don't, I don't see a lot of suitors for Jonathan Taylor. Right. Not not at this time anyway. Right. So yeah. you know. So he's you know. But anyway, uh, Saturday at Packers. Noon on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field. So. First,
0: uh, where did I read? First noon game for the Packers since, uh, where was it here? I had it. Just had it. Here like, we go. Like 1995. I- <laughs> since they've had one that they played. Yeah. They had one scheduled in the COVID
1: year, okay. but didn't play it. Yeah, and I think that was against Indianapolis or somebody like in 95, that. In 95. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the night games have always been kind of the norm for preseason. Preseason, yeah. So, but- How about the Baltimore Ravens having their... 24 wow. game preseason. Hadn't had lost street. a game since in the preseason since 2015. That's remarkable. That is. When you think of how things are You're playing, wow. I mean, you don't play your starters right. a lot, and it shows that, you know, the guys that they sign and stuff play hard and away they go. But uh, the uh, Washington Commanders. Yeah. <laughs> and from what I understand,
0: again. there's a uh, thing going out to get them back to the Redskins. Okay. All right. So yeah, we'll see how that is.
1: But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Commanders won it. Can, it, you got a whole new ownership now. Daniel Snyder is out there, yeah. so it's we'll see what happens. So, but uh, um, yeah, now uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have the longest streak now, six. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, of course, now this leading up here, this is the final week of the preseason, yeah. of course, and uh, Packers head coach Matt Lafleur's press conference on Tuesday. He was asked if this uh, is more intense for bubble guys in this last week trying to make the team.
2: It's training camp. And we still have another game to get prepared for, and I still think there's a lot of battles um, and positions to be fought for. So uh, we're attacking it the same way we have up to this point.
0: And LaFleur also talks about the importance of reps mm-hmm. in these final practices for those bubble guys.
2: Yeah. Everything's important. Every, every rep these guys get, whether it's on offense, whether it's in one-on-one, whether it's in, uh, on, on defense, uh, every, every rep these guys get is absolutely critical for them.
0: And then one other thing uh, was uh, so does the team now start to focus on week 1 or is this still training camp
2: Yeah that's there's a there's a balance there in terms of you never want to get too far ahead of yourself but there's certainly things that you know that you want to maybe focus on going into early in the season not necessarily even on week 1 but you know the first part of your season so um, yeah there's there, there's sense tends to be a little bit of a focus from like a coach's standpoint. It's not like we're out there saying, hey, we're gonna run this against whoever, but you, you you're mindful of what you have to get done, um, specifically early on in the season.
0: All right, that's head coach Matt LaFleur and uh he says it's kind of a you know toss up there between end of preseason and getting ready yeah, for week one. Things
1: are so much different now with the only the three preseason Yeah, game. I mean they got two weeks to, to prepare for the Chicago game and and from what I read into it, Jordan Love is going to play some Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you he know? is, so, yep. um, he, he played a couple series against Patriots, had a little bit of a rough start, but then took the team on a 93-yard drive for a touchdown with a pass to Jaden Reed for the touchdown. So, I, you know, he's all right. I, Clifford, too, I thought, played well, too, you know. So.
0: And apparently he's the number two guy.
1: They're not bringing anybody in to look around. Okay. So, you know, it's – and. They're going to fly with those two, it looks like. So okay. and, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. But uh, Clifford looks like he's got some game, though. Okay. I, you know, I think. I haven't really it's, seen yeah. much of the preseason yet. But, but, you know, playing against seconds and thirds is a lot different. Right. Than, than But, uh, you know, it's they, it's happened before. They, You know, I said uh, when Matt Flynn came in, he was a backup. He was a rookie. And, mm-hmm. of course, Rogers probably wasn't hurt too much. And I'm sure Favre had plenty of rookies behind him over the years. But <laughs> nobody never worried we'll never about it. Play. He, he never was out. So. Never had to but, play, uh, yeah. Um, looks like uh, Carlson, the kicker, I think he's going to stay. Pretty okay. He made a 52-yard field goal. So. And <laughs> made his extra <laughs> points. points. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. But, uh, you know, they got a lot of interesting uh, decisions come up. Uh, this Emmanuel Wilson, I think he's he, he's driving for number three, but – you know, rookie Frigid is he better served as a year on the practice squad, mm. but you take the chance and putting it on waivers and letting somebody else snap yeah, him up. Right, you know, right. so um, but he looks like he's kind of the real deal, speed wise. And then you know, is um, he a big guy? I, I didn't really really, see really about okay. six foot, about okay. you know, 200, but very quick, very okay. fast. So. Um, and they got a couple of rec- young receivers, you know, that you know fight. You know, you're going to keep seven receivers, but it looks like there's a lot of competition for those fifth, sixth, and seventh spots. Um, you know, tight ends. It looks like that's pretty well, especially with uh, Davis being hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and so somebody else might have to step up if they keep four tight ends. So yeah, and I mentioned the bubble guys,
0: and it's because yeah. this coming Tuesday mm-hmm. rosters have to be reduced to yeah. 53 players. So some yeah. of these guys are fighting for their jobs. Yeah. So. This week and into that final preseason game. So
1: it's, you know, it used to be, you know, they went from, what is it, 90 to 75 after the third game. Right. And now they're going right from 90 to 53. Right to your maximum. Yeah. So, but uh, by this time next week, we'll know who's on the practice squad and who isn't. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think there's some roster spots open, though. So,
0: again, that final preseason game, Saturday afternoon, starts at noon. Against Seattle, right uh, on one zero seven five, yep. WCCN The Rock for that one. Uh, ESPN made some surprising moves uh, Monday in their <laughs> NBA booth.
1: Yeah, I said uh, Jeff Van Gundy and and Jackson, Mark Jackson. They, I think fifteen years. Fifteen, 15 years, years they've been with Mark and uh, Mike. And, Breen. and they're out. Mike Breen gets to stay, but uh, Doris Burke and uh, uh, Doc, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers and that, to me, that's interesting because the last time I knew, Doc Rivers was still trying to find a coaching job in the yeah, NBA. I, but some of these moves they're making are interesting. Very interesting, yeah. I don't know. They're taking out guys that yeah. are very good. But yet, they, you know, Hubie Brown is 86 years old. They 89. Just re, 80, yeah, they re-signed him, yeah. you know, yeah. so... I said, in the early 70s, Hubie Brown was an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Malika Andrews
0: is taking yeah. over as a host of NBA Countdown right. from Mike Greenberg. Yeah. Maybe Greenberg, maybe he's got a lot of other stuff he's yeah, doing. Yeah, but... Mike
1: Greenberg is probably doing something else, I would yeah, think. He's know? a busy guy.
0: Yeah. so But, uh,
1: yeah, I, a lot of crazy moves, interesting moves I don't understand. But, you know, who knows, so... Yeah, I don't know what the inside working. You know, no, maybe I these don't guys either. might be doing other stuff. But, that, yeah, but I think these people are finding jobs though too. I would think you would, you would hope. You know, I, you know, I would hope. So.
0: <laughs> U.S. Open tennis tournament starts uh, Monday yeah. in Flushing Meadows, New York. Yeah, yeah. they have the uh, the draws will be coming out today. Okay, as to who's got what seed and what. Uh, yeah. Then the women's final is the September 9th. Anything. Men's final September 10th. Yeah.
1: And then uh, this weekend, the FedEx Cup, the yeah. top 30 players going for it. So, well, how would you like to win that little prize? Eighteen but, million dollars. Yeah, you know, but you know, I should say this too, Larry. The thirtieth place winner doesn't exactly go hungry. No, no, he gets no, a no. half a million. Oh <laughs> wow! Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can live he, on that. He's not going to be on food stamps next week if that's.
0: What you mean. But the interesting thing here with the tour championship yeah. is that they they are kind of uh, yeah. staggered
1: in yeah, their start. Scotty Scheffler starts at ten under. He's the number one, and then Victor Hovland is second. He's at eight under. Roy, Roy, Rory McElroy will be third. He's at seven under. John Rahm, uh, fourth at six under. Lucas Glover is five under. He's fifth, and then uh, it keeps going down. The last five players started even par. So, okay. You know, well, I tell you. 30, so. It's
0: basically Scheffler's to lose. Yeah,
1: there. absolutely. But I do not believe the number one player won last year. If I, mm. I don't remember correctly. Well, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to yeah, stay no, at, oh boy. at yeah, that point. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, uh, we should say these will be held, these, and this tournament will be held at East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta. So yeah,
0: fifth straight year for that. Yep. So is where that will So, be. but
1: yeah, it it's kind of a nice. You, you go up and go to the first tee, and you already ten under. <laughs> yeah, got a two-stroke lead to start. <laughs> but that's what you call earning it. You know, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, he played well all season. He earned that first place ranking. So, that's right. So, so that's right. So. All right. Uh, anything else we got Just, to add uh, here? Uh, Spain defeated England for the World Cup Soccer Championship. So. All that's over with now, so. Yeah, and I I think I heard
0: the girl that scored the winning goal or the only goal found out after the match that her father passed away. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. And didn't know until, you know, after the match, but, but, yeah. Oh, well, so, but. All right, high school football again yeah. tomorrow night. Nielsville granton takes on Loyal at Greenwood. From Doc Olson Field. Yes, so. <laughs> I haven't done a game from there in a while. Okay, yeah, I've never. I've been... 7 o'clock game time on two seven WPKG. Dick and I will yep. be there for the broadcast of that one. That'll do it for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazard. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.